Hi, and welcome back to the Stuff I Like podcast with me, Sherry. So as you may or may not know, I'm a freelancer. And what that means is that I work for myself. It means that I have my own company. And yes, I'm the CEO. And I am just myself selling my services to other companies as I'm a consultant. Other freelancers might include people who make art for a living, artists, writers, songwriters, that sort of thing. You know, if they work for themselves, they're freelancers. They work like a gig by gig basis or basically if there's a contract that comes up, they go, they work on that and they might take multiple contracts at the same time or just one, in my case, just one. Or you might have writing gigs like my brother does where he takes a couple of writing gigs a few in a week and he works on all of them at once, basically, which I find very chaotic, but that's what he does. There are also freelancers who charge by the hour, freelancers who charge by the project. It kind of depends on what your industry is like and what the standards are there. I always talk about how freeing it is that I became a freelancer. I mean, there's so many pros to being a freelancer, but I think I should mention that there are quite some, quite some big cons to becoming a freelancer. So it's not for everybody. It's not for the faint of heart. Let's put it that way. The first point is that you might go years without working. And I actually had a couple of periods of my life where I didn't work at all. And while in theory, it seems really great, you know, you're not working, you're just like on the beach, chilling. We, we call it being on the beach as a kind of fun term for being on the bench, meaning you're not, you're not working at all, which is a sports analogy. But we say in consulting, oh, he's on the beach or she's on the beach. It's because we're not working at all. And that, in theory, is really fun, but not when you're a freelancer. If you're on the beach as an employee consultant, this is beautiful. Like, you're getting paid to sit at home and do nothing, literally nothing. You have no contract. You have no client to answer to. You might have some work admin stuff. Maybe you're, you know, mentoring somebody or you have things to catch up on, but you're not actually working. You're unbillable. So you're, you're, they're just paying you to sit at home, basically. But as a freelancer, this is not as fun, especially in the beginnings of your career, okay? So after I would leave a contract and I would have no foreseeable work lined up for the future, the first couple of weeks, you're really like, oh, thank God, <laughs> I can just sit at home. I can finally do some deep cleaning, maybe organize my books or, you know, do all this life admin stuff that you don't have time to do because you're working so much when you're on a contract. After the first few weeks, you're kind of bored, but also the reality starts to sink in that you don't have any income coming in. You're at freaking zero. So if you didn't save anything from when you were a freelancer, oh my God, you're totally after right now. Because if you just spent every penny of what you made, you've got to dig into savings slash go into debt to pay for your future bills unless you find another contract. And like I said, at the very start of my career, this was very stressful because you barely have anything saved. And in my case, I had debt that I just cleared off. So yeah, I saved a huge chunk of money, but then that all went to debt to clear it so that my net worth would be at zero. And then I managed to save, you know, some money after that, but then I was digging into it to pay my rent and to pay for bills. And it's also really hard to come back down from the lifestyle that you're used to. So if you're used to, you know, going out to eat every day for lunch for at work and buying things without thinking twice about it because, you know, you have money coming in and then you have to scale back drastically to being basically a monk 
<laughs> living at home, taking free walks, reading free books, going to the library. Yeah, it gets, it's, it's rough. It's a rough fall down from when you're not used to being at home and not spending anything. It's a bit like forced retirement, but with no money. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. So when you have no more income coming in, you have to also change your mindset. You can't just go out and buy whatever you want. You have to, you have to think about what you're buying because you don't have any money coming in. Of course, this gets much easier if you saved all your money and you're able to now be financially independent, which I am. And when or if I stop this contract, actually it's a when because I don't know when I'm actually going to stop this contract, but one day it's going to end. And when it does, I'm going to have enough money to keep living my life. Of course, I'll have to dial back a bit on all of the shopping and eating out. But I mean, I'll still be able to live the way that I want to live, which is, I think, very privileged and very freeing. Another con about being a freelancer is I don't have additional healthcare plans with being a freelancer. So it's not as bad as Americans. I'm really sorry. It's not as bad as not having any healthcare plan at all, but I'm only reliant on the public healthcare plan that's here. So it means if I want any kind of special treatment, I sh should probably pay for it out of pocket or go see a private doctor and that sort of thing. My dental and eye stuff is also not covered. Whereas if I was an employee in a company, usually you get I think it's 2000 I want to say, per year for dental and healthcare and that sort of thing, for checkups and so on. As a non-employee and a freelancer, I'm my own employer for this, so I have to pay for everything out of pocket. So Invisalign, for instance, about 15 years ago, cost me $5,000 when it would have been probably fully covered had I been an employee. None of this deters me from being a freelancer, by the way, because it just means that every bit of money that I save, I'm also saving for paying for all of these perks. Other stuff I don't get as a con, as a freelancer, is any of the company stuff. So any company meals, any company massages, or anything that employees would normally get as part of their, I guess, total compensation package, I don't have any of that. So for me, I have to pay for everything on my own if I want to indulge in a so-called company massage or spa retreat for myself, right? <laughs> Which makes sense. I mean, it tracks. And another con I have is that my company does not top up my RSP or give any sort of matching contribution, which is actually part of your compensation. It's not free money. So whatever a company says, hey, if you donate or not donate, I should say, if you contribute 4% or 5% of your pay and we'll match it 100% with another 5% of our money into your RSP, your retirement plan, it's not free money. That's part of your compensation. And if you don't take advantage of it, well, you're just leaving money on the table, so to speak. So if you're willing to put in that, I don't know, 5%, let's say it's $5,000 every year. I'm just making up numbers here, okay? If you're willing to put in that 5% every single year, that $5,000, they will give you $5,000 to match it, but only if you put in $5,000. And they do consider that when they're giving you a salary package is how much you would have to put in versus how much they would have to put in. And they see that as a whole thing. Another con I have as a freelancer is I don't get maternity leave and or paternity leave if I were a man. Thankfully, I'm not. However, it just means that whenever I took time off for little bun or baby bun, I should say, when I had him, I wasn't paid for any of that. I could, of course, apply for the Canadian 
employment insurance plan. But once you opt into that plan as a freelancer, you can never opt out. So you can't just be like, hey, you know, I'm just going to sign up for this plan a year before I plan on having a baby. And then I'm just going to cancel the plan after I have him or her. That doesn't work like that. You have to opt in and you stay opted in for life. And then you get maternity leave out of that and all the other benefits of if you're sick and that sort of thing that you can apply for unemployment insurance and so on. I think I did the math on this and it was only worth it to opt in if I had three kids or more because then a maternity leave would be well justified in terms of how much I would have to pay in EI over the next 40 years or more of working. Because don't forget, this plan is not free, this EI. I have to pay into it every single month if I opt in. And if I opt into it, but then don't use the plan because I don't need to, or I don't qualify, or I'm not eligible, or all these other things, then I'm paying, but paying for not myself. However, if that EI included dental and eye vision care or whatever, I would probably consider it. But as it stands, as a freelancer, EI was not something that I thought would be useful for me at all. So I never bothered with EI. Let's see, what are some other cons? Oh, you can only rely on yourself. That's the other one too. Because when you're in a company, say what you will, but you have colleagues around you that you can push blame onto. <laughs> I'm joking. Joking, not joking. There are other people that you can ask advice of. There may be mentors who are higher up that you can you know, get feedback from and so on. When you're a freelancer, you don't have any of that. You're either in or you're out. And if the client doesn't like you, they can just fire you. And that's something that you have to be comfortable with. And if you're not comfortable with that mindset of, I can be fired at any time, freelancing is probably not the job for you. If you're also not comfortable with the idea of having to save all of your money for your retirement and health benefits, freelancing is probably not for you. Actually, if you just spend 100% of your paycheck or more and you go into heavy debt, freelancing is definitely, absolutely 100,000% not for you because as a freelancer, you have to be really freaking good at budgeting and very, very good at saving because you may be making quite a big chunk of money. Let's say $50 an hour, you're making about 100 grand a year if you're working 40 hours a week, give or take, okay? Out of that, you have to save aside for taxes, and in Canada, I always save aside 50% in my brain because that's what I assume that I have to pay. Of course, if you then contribute into an RRSP because you give yourself payroll, I mean, there's lots of tax things that you could do to jiggle that around and pay less taxes. But ultimately, the point is you have to save a good chunk of your money aside to make sure that you cover things like healthcare, like dental and vision benefits, like massages, <laughs> if you need that you know, for therapeutic reasons, of course. And if you need any other things like, oh, retirement, that's a big one. Sick days, because if you don't end up working, whether it be that you're sick or you are on vacation, you don't get paid. This is the reason why I don't really take vacations when I'm on contracts, because I don't really need them. And I would like to take them when I really want them but we aren't traveling very much right now. So I haven't really taken vacation. So for me, it's just a staycation. I'm just at home spending more money because I'm so free that I can do anything I want. So vacations for me, not, not so good because I get very spendy. However, sick, sick days, I try not to get sick. That's why you'll see me pounding back those juice shots. Okay. Maybe it's just a placebo, but if it works, it works. 
And if my body's like, oh my God, not another juice shot. If you give me this ginger juice shot and I have to taste this again and I have to taste more of these if I get sick, oh, I'm never going to get sick. If my body thinks that every time I drink one of those disgusting ginger juice shots, then it's working. <laughs> I've already won. So yeah, I pound back those juice shots and they're not deductible under my company. Like they're not even part of my, <laughs> my own healthcare plan. I just do them because I don't want to get sick because I don't like the feeling of being sick. But also if I'm sick, I don't get paid. And I also don't want to get other people sick around me, except for mini plague bearer. Okay. Little plague bearer who's around his house here, bringing home all sorts of coughs and diseases from school. That's another story. But if I can try and, you know, not have any sort of illness so that I don't have to take any time off work in sense of not being able to bill or make money, then I'm going to try and stay as healthy as possible. But yeah, if you're unable to save properly and a good chunk of your income, I would strongly caution you against being a freelancer or get somebody who can keep you on track. Somebody who can say, hey, <laughs> hey, Sherry, you've been, you've been spending a lot lately and I think you should cut back. <laughs> you should get maybe for somebody from Gen Z to give it to you straight. Because honestly, the vibes are off. <laughs> you're not going to have any money when you stop this contract and I'm not sure how you're going to pay your rent. So you should probably stop spending so much and save more. That's what you need if you're unable to save. And then you can be a very successful freelancer, but you'll need support then to make sure that people keep you on track. Because if you don't, you know what happens? You have feast years where you make lots of money and you're just rolling in the dough. And then you have famine years and those famine years, you will not be able to pay for them. You will go into debt and it will be worse than before because you didn't think about paying for taxes. You didn't think about paying for healthcare emergencies. You didn't think about saving an emergency fund aside that's even bigger than a normal emergency fund because you don't have a job to fall back on. Or worst case scenario for me, you go and get a job. Ugh, go and get a corporate job. No, absolutely not. And I'm so against a corporate job for a couple of reasons, actually a few of reasons. One, they have this fake family toxic thing happening right now where they're like, oh, we're all a family. I'm like, no, we're not. This is, I would not choose you people as my family. <laughs> if I had a choice, I mean, because you're born into families. You're not, you know, you don't actually really get to choose your family unless you consider that we're gonna include friends and outside people and we consider them like our family, which I do, then, Yes, you do get to choose your family as well in a different sense, but not your blood family and definitely not work family. Secondly, I really dislike filling out HR forms and any sort of review forms, evaluation forms, just to try and get some sort of piddly bonus out of my work for that year because I had to fill in so many of these at the end of every project. I had to set goals I had to mentor people. I had to be, do stuff for the company aside from just working and making them lots of money. It just didn't make any sense to me. So I really hate all of that administrative BS. And lastly, they like to use point number one of being a family to get you to work overtime for free. And then they don't even pay for your Christmas dinner. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't even know what to say, right? But that's the reason why I was really strongly against being in a corporate environment again as a corporate employee, because in my industry, it's really thankless. Whereas if I'm a freelancer, there's a lot of cons, like I just mentioned, but 
overall, the vibe is much better than if I were to work for a actual company. It's even better now that I've saved so much money when I was younger to be financially free so that I can just tell any toxic client goodbye. Whereas if I was younger, I would have thought twice about telling them goodbye because I have to pay my bills. And if my bills are, let's say, $6,000 a month, and if I quit my job, I would be going into $6,000 of debt every month thereafter, I would have sucked it up and stayed at that company and found a different way to work there because I need that money. And that's the reason why being stuck in a company with golden handcuffs is so incredibly demoralizing because you need that money to live. And as you're living, you're stressed from all the work that you're doing. So you're spending more, you know, it's a vicious cycle. You spend more to make yourself feel better at a job that you hate because you need that job, which you hate to pay for the lifestyle that you love, (laughs) that you're trying to upgrade each time because you hate the job that you're in. (laughs) So the only way to break out of the cycle is to cut back on your expenses. And when I say that, I mean, really cut back. And I go pretty extreme as a side note. This is totally off topic now. I've gone off. I've totally gone off. Okay. But as a side note, if I had expenses and I was working in a toxic client that I did not want to keep, I would look for another client right away. Number one, but number two, I would also not be eating out anymore. I would not be shopping. I would not be doing anything except sitting and breathing in my house and going for walks for free and going to the library and trying to make games out of nothing, okay? Because I, that's exactly what I would be doing. I would be probably breaking apart all my necklaces and bracelets and trying to remake new ones out of them as a free hobby. I honestly, I would try my best to not spend a single damn penny. If something broke, I would live without it. And if I really needed it, like let's say a laptop, I would try and find an alternative, like a very cheap option, maybe secondhand, so that I don't have to live like that anymore. Because for me, the end goal is I don't have to stay at that toxic client. I don't have to stay at that toxic contract with a manager that I hate just because I have bills to pay. And that's the reason why I'm a freelancer and I'm really good at it because I don't want to ever go back to that mindset of having to be forced to work because I have such high bills to pay. The main thing is to cut down on your bills so that you don't have to work like that. And you can take a much lower paying job because your bills are not that high. And it includes not adding on extra stuff like that. I mean, I remember when I was younger, I wouldn't go on vacation because I just didn't have the money. I was in debt, so I didn't let myself go anywhere. I, my friends were going to New York. They were doing all these things. Hey, do you want to come along? I'm like, nope. No, I don't. I would like to, but I have to pay my $60,000 worth of student debt. So I would just stay home and I would not do anything but watch TV. (laughs) And even that was free because it was in a hotel room, okay? Because I was probably traveling the whole time and I used to stay in hotel rooms full time and not come back to my home city anymore just to save money. That's how insane I went. Like I went really hard because I thought the sooner I get out of debt, the sooner I'm free. And extreme or not, like it or not, maybe it's not your vibe, right? But I really saw it as debt holding me back from actually living my life. And while I wanted to do all these things and buy nice things and so on, I refused to let myself do so because I thought to myself, it's either I keep working at this job that I hate with all the stress for the next 40 years paying for this lifestyle 
or I cut back on what I think is important in life and I take a lower paying job that I prefer. And I chose option B. So that's the reason why during my famine years, circling back to our main topic here, that's what the reason why during my famine years as a freelancer, I thought I would have to go down to a zero net worth before I would accept a job at a corporate entity again. I was willing to spend down all of my money and try and just make it through the next year and a half without working at all before I would call quits. And luckily, I didn't have to wait that long because that recession in 2009, 10, 11, everything kind of rebounded. But I can tell you it was a scary year and a half. It was not pleasant because I was under that mindset of, oh, there'll always be a contract around the corner. And that's not true at all, especially during a recession. Nobody has money to hire consultants, especially. And nowadays, things are a little bit trickier. It, it is harder to get contracts, I have to tell you. I'm kind of lucky where I am, but I'm not taking it for granted. And I am already financially independent, so I actually don't need to work either. So that's also another good you know, booster to increasing your rate as a freelancer, as a side note. Because when you don't need the money or your expenses are super, super low, where just working one contract pays for the rest of you know, your next five to 10 years, then you're actually mentally really free. So the main thing is either to increase your income super, super high or keep your expenses as low as you can. But I would say cutting expenses is a lot easier than most people think. And it just takes a lot of conscious spending. So if you have to not bring your credit card out anymore and you pay everything in cash, I hate it. I hate this method of budgeting. But if that's what you got to do as a freelancer or somebody in a high debt, high income, golden handcuff situation, that's what, that's what you got to do then. I certainly would be rethinking twice about buying expensive things for myself or buying anything for myself because I'm thinking, hey, you know, this $5 cup of chai latte, I would really enjoy it in this moment, but this is another five bucks I don't have because I'm trying to get out of the situation that I'm in. So being super, super conscious about what you're spending and trying not to justify it because we're so good at justifying everything as humans, especially me, that you have to keep your main goal, the end goal in mind of what it is you really want. And if you don't have that clearly stated in your head and a clear plan to get out of it, then you're going to keep it, you know, running that vicious cycle like a hamster, a hamster in a golden, in a golden wheel with golden handcuffs on, if that helps your imagery. And that's all I had for today. Cons of being a freelancer and going off topic as usual. And I'll talk to you later. Bye.